Procrastinating, a term most often used by the millennial generation, is a method of putting something off, delaying, or postponing something by taking part in the act of baking. Procrastinating, a place to talk about our baking obsessions and avoid doing everything else. Coming to you from Southern California, I'm Louisa. And from Eastern North Carolina, I'm Rachel. And this is a special Thanksgiving mini-sode featuring Literacy Connections of Wayne County. Literacy Connections focuses on building literacy by matching adult students with responsible tutors. Literacy Connections is very dear to my heart as, like Louisa, I grew up loving to read and appreciate all of the ways I benefit from reading, like being able to try recipes and cookbooks. And speaking of cookbooks, if you are within driving distance of Literacy Connections, we recommend you check out their current cookbook display, celebrating Thanksgiving and the memory of Julie, who donated all of the books in their display. Um, And the display opens November 21st. Louisa, so we can't have procrastinating, well we can because we've done it. (laughs) But it's tradition for us to have pop quiz. So it I is. thought for a mini-sode, we'll do a mini pop quiz. Oh, I like that. Let's, yes, <laughs> do a, adjust our quizzes accordingly. I like this. <laughs> you know, because the pop quiz is not small. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Um, so question one is when you're browsing, what attracts you to cookbooks? Ooh, this is a good question. Um, I mean, I guess I really... I love getting a first glimpse at the table of contents and I like, I like cookbooks that will give you like, here are my traditional classic recipes. And you can see that in the table of contents. And then I love the ones that also have a, if I'm feeling like, you know what, I have a fun ingredient I want to try. Maybe there'll be something in this book that will, that will give me an idea of how to use it. So I look at that and then. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the cover artwork is really um, important. I think one of the more recent books that we've used is Baking for the Holidays by Sarah mm-hmm. Kiefer. And I think the cover of that book is just stunning. So yeah, I think that's super important. Yeah. When you look at that book, you're like, I want my Christmas to taste like that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so tell me about you. What if, what attracts oh, your eye? You gave such a perfect answer. Um <laughs> But, and this is going to sound kind of silly because a lot of days the bloggers, they have the jump to recipe button and I use that a lot, but I really (laughs) like it when the cookbooks have like a story element to them, Um, either um, stories about the person, you know, who inspired this recipe or memory of my grandmother, maybe in a different country teaching me to make these um, or have like a memoir element to them. Um, I really like them. I it just, I feel more connected and it gives like the recipe a sense of place. Yeah, that's a good point. It is nice to feel um, like you're getting more. And I admit, I do also skip the the backstory when I'm looking at things online because I'm like, who has time for this? But it's different when you have like a book in your hands, I think. Um, yes. I will always pick like a, a a hard book versus like an audio book or an ebook any day. Um, I don't, I don't do like ebooks because I just think it's, 
something special, like feeling the weight in your hands. And yeah, and that way it does feel like you have to get the backstory to make sense of the whole book and why they chose the specific recipes in there. So I agree. This is funny. It's not really trivia. It's more like let's bear our souls about cookbooks <laughs> and how, what we're drawn to, you know, like cookbook matchmaking or something. <laughs> Oh, I like that. That would be fun. I know my library here like has a form. Like if you don't know what you want to read, you put in some likes and dislikes and they send you a list. <laughs> there should be a similar tool for cookbooks. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Like I, I have these cookbooks in my kitchen. Tell me what else you think I should add to the collection. That would be yes. cool. What am I missing? That would be fun. Well, um, this cookbook display is in honor of or in celebration of Thanksgiving. Um, so I want to know, what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Ooh, what is my favorite Thanksgiving dish? Uh, you're probably asking me these questions and I'm supposed to give like a quick answer, but I don't know. I'm feeling really <laughs> introspective today. So let me see. It's funny because my Thanksgiving was kind of like a cultural hybrid. You know, my parents um, didn't, obviously they like moved here from other countries, so they didn't grow up doing Thanksgiving. So we kind of do, I guess my favorite American dish is the the stuffing, or I guess a lot of people call it dressing, which my mom like spruces up with sausage and bacon. But we also do like some Hispanic dishes with our Thanksgiving meal sometimes. So like arroz con gandules, which is rice and pigeon peas is something that's like nostalgic. So I think it's more just like having that combination of like my favorite American side dish and then something that's more like traditional from my parents' heritage. That sounds delicious. I'm yeah. coming to your house for Thanksgiving now. <laughs> I have to say my dad also marinates the turkey. The way he seasons it is like the way that he would season um, like pork when he makes it. And so it's like super flavorful. It's my favorite way to have turkey. And he has passed down that recipe to us now because We've done a lot of um, Thanksgivings on our own now because we can't travel home. And so that's kind of nice too. It's like his own special, like Puerto Rican flavor into our American turkey Thanksgiving. So that's been kind of cool. That sounds yummy. Okay. I want to guess what your favorite Thanksgiving dish is, but. Okay. Take a guess. Okay. Are you, are you like a, a yams, like sweet potato kind of girl? You know what? I did not like sweet potatoes until like less than 10 years ago. So no. Really? Well, because I only mostly had them like in sweet potato casserole with the marshmallows and it, I just didn't like it. Mm. Um, but I had them in Korea, like over a campfire and they were like little charred bits and they were so good. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so I good. discovered the sweet potato. No, so no. <laughs> <laughs> Strike one. <laughs> I would say, I think we have a lot in common. Oh, you're a stuffing slash dressing girl too. But do you call uh, it dressing or stuffing? Because I feel like I can't figure out what makes it what. Okay, so technically stuffing goes in the bird, dressing is on the side. Oh, but in my sense. mind, and I think my family does this, dressing is more wet, like moist bread puddingy almost consistency. And stuffing is like loose bread with other things. Like more dry, crispy, um, crispier. So I like, I mean, I like both, but I really like the dressing. And um, we have an old family recipe that sometimes I make it, sometimes we get from a restaurant because it's also really good. Um, it's got hard-boiled eggs in it. And I really like that. Ooh, in the, in the dressing? 
in the dressing. Yeah, they're like chopped up in there. Interesting. But I'm a sides girl. Like I'll eat the turkey because it's there, but like I want mac and cheese. I want dressing, um, squash casserole, <laughs> you know. Yeah, all the sides. That's yeah. where it's at. I agree. Okay. So for this special episode, we each browsed through Miss Julie's cookbook collection and picked out um, some recipes to try. And so I'll go ahead and talk about um, the book where actually both of my recipes came from, which is called Get Ready for the Longest Title on the Universe. (laughs) It is called Grandma Rose's Book of Sinfully Delicious Cakes, Cookies, Pies, Cheesecakes, Cake Rolls, and Pastries by Rose Naftalin. (laughs) It is a mouthful. It is. And this book was published in 1975. And you can tell by, it was so fun. I think I had maybe more fun like looking through the cookbooks with you than actually baking what I picked. Oh yeah, (laughs) me too, me too. Um, It's like, I don't know how to describe it, but it just had like a 70s color scheme and like bright pink and orange. It's got the like kind of lace work background <laughs> yes yeah like a doily was, or something yeah. yeah it was a lot um but it was really cool I really liked this one in particular because she I guess Miss Julie had written down notes um next to several recipes of of just like tweaks or suggestions or even just like a memory and so both of the ones that I picked I think we're mostly because of that. They were both recipes that had little notes next to it. Cause that just feels kind of like going back to what you were saying with reading like the backstory, it, it kind of makes you feel more connected. And so the first one that I'll talk about are these bow knots that I think she, I don't know, did, was it mentioned more than once? I feel like they were mentioned. There was like a note um, earlier in the book that also mentioned it, but Miss Julie wrote in there that this was something that her mother would make for them when they were kids for the holidays. And I thought that was really sweet. And it's literally just like pieces of dough, like formed into a a knot shape and then fried. So not like the healthiest thing, (laughs) but it was very, it was very delicious. I will say though, I don't know if you felt this way, like reading the instructions, I had to kind of do some research on my own because maybe it's just a, a thing with older cookbooks, but the they don't go into depth as much about like um, the steps. It's very like, no instructions, right? Like add this mix and then fry or bake for, for this long. I guess if the audience was housewives, maybe you're like, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's like, it was also a bit time consuming. And I think that is another good point. I was like, this, this one took a while. Both of my recipes took a while. But again, at this time, yeah, maybe, you know, there weren't as many women working outside of the house. So you had more time to like pour your whole soul into making these really complicated recipes. Um, <laughs> but I really enjoyed them. Um, I made, I think the flavoring was really good. I, the recipe called for wine, like white wine. And she noted that her mom usually omitted the white wine, but I included it just because I had some on hand. And I tweaked, um, the flavoring, it called for vanilla extract, but I ran out. So I used almond, which I think works for like a holiday type of 
fake. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And then I feel like the only thing I could have done better is maybe gauge how long they needed to fry for. I think I was worried about burning them. So I took them out too early and some of them like weren't fully fried all the way through. It was still like doughy on the inside, but the ones that I left in longer were great. Like, like perfectly browned and crispy and you top it with powdered sugar. And yeah, it was, it was really good. I love the flavor. Um, they look really cute when they're like in the bow knot shape and they were fun. They were fun to make. They sound yummy. Yeah, they were good. So do you think you would try them again? I don't know. This is a bit of a spoiler, but I think what I made the second recipe, that one, I think I would make again, but I'll save that one for next time. Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Cliffhanger. The book I baked from this time was also from the 70s. I believe it was 77. And it's um, Maida Heater's Book of Great Cookies. And she has written um, recipes for New York Times. And also a couple of, I think, Miami restaurants. And I think it's funny that I agreed with you about the lack of direction. (laughs) Because it says in the intro, like, she's known for giving extreme details. (laughs) And she does, but it's just not the way I think I'm used to it, maybe. Um, Yeah, different times, right? Like, maybe a lot of these things are just, like you said, you're just kind of expected to know because why wouldn't you? So, Well, and one thing that threw me off in this cookbook is um, the measurements aren't consistent. Like, this is a three-piece recipe. It's got a chocolate layer, a topping, and a glaze. Well, under the chocolate layer, it calls for two ounces of pecans. Like in one part of the recipe, she says like six ounces of chocolate. And then in the second half of the recipe, she gives the the measurement in cups. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, here we go. It's, it's the walnuts. It's half a cup of walnuts on one part. And then on another part, it's two ounces, parentheses, half a cup of walnuts. And it's like, well... Couldn't you write both of those both times or write, pick one and write one both times? <laughs> it made me pause a little bit. <laughs> but without further ado, I'll tell you what I actually made. I made two recipes because they appeared back to back in this book and the titles are very similar. I made dark rocky roads and I made light rocky roads. Interesting. Okay. And dark rocky roads are after our own heart because they are made without a mixer. (laughs) And that's like (laughs) in the beginning, made without a mixer. (laughs) And these were the favorite of the two for me and um, my work taste testers. They have a brownie base and they're topped with marshmallows. And then on top of the marshmallows are pecans and then a chocolate glaze. I like the sound of everything you just said. Yeah, it was good. Um, It was, I mean, it wasn't my favorite brownie type thing that I've had, but it was good. It was, (laughs) I have a um, complaint I would like to make to the marshmallow manufacturers. (laughs) I would like to request that they include math on the side of their packaging, like the toilet paper rolls do, because this called for regular marshmallows. And my store only had mini marshmallows and jumbo marshmallows. So I needed to know how many regular marshmallows were in a jumbo marshmallow. What? Okay, hold on. What does the toilet paper roll do? Oh, you know, it says like 24 regular rolls in these six jumbo rolls. Oh, I see. I was like, what? Marshmallows to do the same thing. (laughs) Like, what kind of math is the toilet paper industry trying to teach us? (laughs) 
I have thrown everything. <laughs> um, so these, the dark ones, the brownie base, and then regular marshmallows that you cut in half, top with whole, um, like pecan halves, but not chopped, and then your glaze. And then the light Rocky Road, she describes the base as candy-like bars with a brown sugar layer. Huh. To me, it was just like kind of a brown sugar cake at the bottom. Yeah, and that's do you think top. they're getting like this, they say brownie base, but that doesn't really sound no like what you're getting yeah, yeah. um and then that's topped with mini marshmallows I can't figure out why like why is the difference <laughs> the size of marshmallows <laughs> and then chopped pecans and then um chocolate chips on top of that that melt in the oven okay I like those the sound of that not, too yeah those did not stay together well which was interesting because the warning about cookies falling apart was on the other cookie <laughs> the um the dark rocky road, it says it's liable to be a little messy and frustrating. Oh, sorry. Cutting these bars is liable to be a little messy and frustrating, even after letting them stand. Just be brave and remember that you're the boss. The cookies are well <laughs> worth a little trouble. And that was one of the comments I got at work is people liked the dark ones because they held together. Whereas mm -hmm. the rocky road ones, something about it gave me a strict amount of time to, um, to put the marshmallows in. And it, I don't think they melted quite enough, the mini marshmallows. Okay. Whereas the bigger ones, they're like already covering more surface. So between the two, the dark Rocky Road was clearly the winner. Like The dark was the be. winner. Yeah. Someone told me they liked it. And if I offered it to them, they would eat it, but they're not going to request me to make it again. And I was like, that's fair. Yeah. But I think, I still think I might take this one to the reveal. I think okay. this is going to be one of my handful of recipes. Okay. I like the sound of that. Thank you for celebrating a love of cookbooks, Thanksgiving, literacy, and the memory of Miss Julie with us. Don't forget to visit Literacy Connection of Wayne County's Thanksgiving cookbook display starting November 21st. And if you're too far to drive, please visit literacyconnectionsofwaynecounty.org to learn more and consider making a donation. Tune in next week for another Thanksgiving mini-sode celebrating cookbooks. In the meantime, please let us know about your favorite cookbook. Until next time, stay, stay sweet. sweet. This has been Procrastivating. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a good review. You can also subscribe to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. You can also subscribe to our RSS feed directly from our website at ProcrastinateBakingPodcast.com. Also, feel free to follow us and give us your feedback on social media, on Instagram at, at ProcrastinateBakingPodcast and Facebook at Facebook.com slash ProcrastinateBakingPodcast. ProcrastinateBaking is hosted and created by Rachel Rhodes and Luisa Gonzalez, produced and edited by Raul Ceballos, theme music by Alex Walker-Smith, and show artwork by Rob Demers. <laughs>